Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. Happy Tuesday to each and every one of you. This is The Coaching Corner. I am L. Michelle Smith, your executive and business coach and the host of The Culture Soup Podcast. Listen, we have a jam-packed show for you today. As promised, we're going to bring you a conversation on unnetworking that I had with the Women's Opera Network. It's a webinar, and we have the sound here for you today. But remember, it was preempted because of my conversation with the Torre book coach, of course, from MSNBC and Rolling Stone and other places. But first, remember the day when I promised to offer someone the opportunity to come on and get a laser coaching for free? Well, today's that day. I will introduce to you a young woman who has a little bit of a challenge when it comes to networking. How appropriate. And I didn't even know this was going to be her challenge. I'm not going to spend much more time on a monologue because we have a lot to cover today. But here we go. Without further ado, Sabrina Jackson from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, transplanted to Dallas, Texas. She's been doing some contract work here in town, uh, a few different contracts for some tech companies and such. Her background is marketing and social media. And, and Sabrina, why don't you share what your, your challenge is? My challenge is building qualitative relationships here in Dallas. I've been here for about five years now, and I've had multiple contract roles. And as with most contract roles, they do come to an end. And when you really need that network, um, my network necessarily hasn't been coming through for me. So I'm just trying to figure out the best way to build really strong qualitative relationships um, here in Dallas and in other, in other places, but right now more immediately here in Dallas. Great, great, great. So everybody, you understand a laser coaching is about 15 minutes worth of time that Sabrina and I are going to sit here and chat and see if we can't get to some type of plan to move forward and shift things for her so she can reach her goal. And then we'll see where she ends up. Um, but Sabrina, <laughs> I need to ask yeah. you, how primarily are you meeting your new network meet um, members? Uh... Primarily, uh, whether, well, online. And I used, when I initially got to Dallas, I would go to networking events, opportune networking events. Mm-hmm. I never just went to any. I was really strategic about the kind of events that I went to. And, and I have two boxes full of business cards. Um, so it varies, but okay. more in the last year, just online. Okay. So you felt there were superficial contacts, correct? Yes. yes. And what made you think that? Because when I actually needed them, needed them for opportunities or looking to make connections with other people, um, they just have, the contacts haven't been um, helpful. Okay. Not all of them. Some of them have, all right. but for the most part, they haven't been And really about helpful. how long have you been in contact, in contact with some of these people before the rubber meets the road and you need to yeah. engage them? Yeah, good question. Um, 
when I initially got to Dallas, I hit the ground running with just networking with people and trying to build uh, a good qualitative network here. Um, so for the most part, throughout my roles, ever since I've been here for five years, um, so not necessarily five years, it just depends on the role in the company that I was with mm -hmm. and if I, and how I was networking with the people there and how I was still networking outside of the company when I was at that company. So sometimes maybe a year, two years for the most, for the better part my entire time here okay. in Dallas. So would you say that 90% of your time networking online was spent on what platform? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Great. Definitely LinkedIn. Okay, good. How's your profile? Uh, it's all-star status. Oh, good. Okay, that's great. <laughs> so people understand what value you can bring. What's in your headline? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember it exactly, but something about engagement. Cut me and I bleed engagement. Um, oh, that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I attempt to convey that I'm someone who's approachable and personable. Good. And if you ingratiate me and put me into your company or organization, it's it'll be easy for me to engage your uh team or staff or customers or what have you, I really tried to convey that I'm someone who's really um, personable and really good at getting to know people and building that strong rapport. Right. So would you say that most of the people that you've met either online or in person while you've been in Dallas have been perfect strangers? Yes. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to share something with you that um, we went through on a previous relationship, power relationship building session that I did with some folks on a webinar. And this okay. may give you some perspective. So um, I have a friend named Ted Rubin that talks about how your network is your reach mm -hmm. and your community is your power. Okay. And I like to add one more to it. And that is your personal board of directors and think of it like a funnel. Okay. So the network's on top. And as you build those relationships, as they get stronger, as they know your work, as they become the type of people who will do things for you and you feel you will do things for them, they become a part of your community. And then down in that funnel where the people are like your ride or dies, your mentor, your sponsors, your tribe, you know, your peers, people that know you, know you, know you and would be like, you know what? I don't mind passing your resume along. That's your personal board of directors. Okay, so it's safe to say that based on what you've shared, most of the people that you've met in Dallas are in that top tier, just network. You're connected with them, but there's no sticky stuff, right? So right. what are the sticky things? What do you think make things stick or make them more community members? Relationships. Okay. Rel building the, trying to figure out how to really if befriending is the right word, because yeah. I'm really all about befriending and rapport building, building that strong rapport with those people. And it's been hard to figure out how to do that without coming across opportunistic. Okay. So, um, have you offered to extend yourself to any of these network people? <laughs> no. Okay. So, like going out for coffee or something like no, that? No, no, don't even see many people don't even have time, right? Let's just be honest. Um, that's one of the things that people like to do. And when you get a lot of them, especially if you're very busy or maybe even very important, you don't have time, right? And the people who can make those kinds of decisions for you probably don't. So think of right. things where you can add value to them on each contact. So I want you to think of your network kind of like sales leads in some ways, 
Okay. Where mm-hmm. you're actually going to, you got your, your, you got your pipeline, right? Cause you've got a stack of cards, but these are people you don't know. So you want to ask yourself, how do I get to know them? I want you to make contact with them at least every week. Okay. But every time okay. you do, it can't be an ask. It absolutely can't be an ask. In fact, I want you to extend yourself. So let's think of ways that you can extend yourself. (laughs) That is hard because you don't want to give someone some free labor. I I don't know. You don't want to give someone free labor. Well, think about what you do online on LinkedIn. What do people do? Beyond connecting, they do what? They post, they chat, they um, post about events that they're attending or things that they're interested in. What do you find Um, most useful on LinkedIn? I love the community of it. I love the professionalism. I love seeing people succeed and I love seeing people do wonderful things. I'm just like, I want, I love aspirational type of uh, content. So let's, let's think about what makes community community, whether it's in LinkedIn, whether it's in your church, whether it's around the corner, there's something that binds people. And it's the content. Think about mm-hmm. it. Even in church, you're all gathered around content, right? Something yes. you all believe in or you think is useful. LinkedIn is like church. Think about it. So <laughs> one thing that you can share that, you know, that even you go, oh my gosh, I like that content. An article that is relevant to them. Right. And what they can do and information they can use. So that's one way okay. you can extend yourself without giving away the farm. So your assignment is going to be to think of two or three other ways that you can extend to people without asking for anything. Okay. And I want you not to ask for anything for at least two months. I know that sounds okay. hard because okay. we're going to start concentrating on your community now. You have okay. community members and you haven't even assessed them. And what I'm finding is you've limited yourself to Dallas to connect in Dallas. Hmm. Think about it. If you're on LinkedIn and you're on social media, that is the world wide web, right? Mm -hmm. So -hmm. there are people in Wisconsin and other places you've been that may have connections to people Mm -hmm. in Dallas that Mm -hmm. absolutely know you. Now, remember who your community is. These are people who know you and you know them and you don't mind doing something for them, not even a thought to pass a resume right. along or whatever it might be or make an introduction. Right. And they are the same way about right. you. Your assignment is to find out and assess who your community members are. And I okay. want you to think outside the box. Don't just think about. professional. Think of people in the other circles okay. you run in. Okay. And I also want you to start outside of Dallas. Yes. Outside of Dallas. Cause okay. there are people outside of Dallas okay. that know people in Dallas and know them very, very well, but you do know people in Dallas right. based on the couple of few contracts that you've had. Right. So really, assess, right. yes, I do ask yourself the question, who are the people that know me and wouldn't mind making an introduction or wouldn't mind passing the resume. And the key question is who are these people And are these people I would do the exact same thing for? That's your community, okay? Now, number three, you ready? Yes. Okay, your personal board of directors. Have you been intentional about this? (laughs) 
I'm not sure how to be intentional about it. Well, maybe you need to know what the board of directors is even comprised of. Ready? Okay. Okay. So let's start from the bottom of, I say the bottom, and that just means more junior people. I don't like to um, infuse power or power structure into this because there are people who are more junior or even younger than you that know things that you don't or know people that you don't, right? Right. So, so think about those people who are Gen Zers, who are a little bit more junior than you, maybe even admins that you worked with and developed a great rapport with that know you, that know your work and like you. That's the difference. <laughs> they mm-hmm. like you. And not only will mm-hmm. they do something for you, they'll give you information. Okay. Right. Okay. So I want you to think about who those people are. Okay. And then we're going to go up the funnel a little bit more. Your peers. And your peers are not just in the same job you had. Those are good. But also in different industries, in different countries. I mean, companies in different geographies. Okay? Okay. Same thing. People who will not only, you know, like you, but bring you information and you can pour into them. They can be mentees, mentors, doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Now the two other types of people, mentors. Do you have a mentor? No, I don't. That's another thing that I You need really a mentor. Want. So yeah. you need to do some assessing, okay? Now mentor okay. is going to be all those things that I named, right? But they're going to know your work well enough to want to pour into you. All right? I agree. Okay. Do your assessing and get some candidates lined up on a sheet of paper. Okay. The next okay. thing I want you to do is to engage them like you're doing your network at the top of the funnel. Okay. You're going to reach out to them every week. Okay. And you're going to be giving. You're going to extend yourself to them. Right. And you're okay. also along the way going to pepper. Hey, and you know what I'm, I'm doing these days? This is what I'm up to. Okay. I see you're doing some of the same things. I'd love to see where I could learn from you. Mm-hmm. And don't even point blank say, will you be my mentor? <laughs> you want it to be right. very natural, right? See how that goes. Then okay. you need sponsors. These are the most important people in the whole mix. The mentors are great because they're going to give you the guidance, but the sponsors are going to slam their fist on a table for you or kick down a door. They're going to make some things happen. So I want you to assess who you know who believes, I mean, they absolutely have to believe in Sabrina and they absolutely have to be able to say, I will put my name behind Sabrina's name and I will put Mm -hmm. her out there because that's my brand because she's excellent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I bet you, you're going to see some movement in Dallas. Okay. One Um, thing I want you to do on your LinkedIn as well is go through your connections and see who has connections at companies in Dallas. LinkedIn will tell you that. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be some of your lead generation too. So you won't have to go out to these networking events and figure all that out. Right. You have to gather cards. You've already got people lined up. How many connections you got on LinkedIn? Oh gosh, (laughs) probably a little over 1600. I know that's probably mints me to a lot of people. You know what? Hey, if they won't do anything for you, what does it mean? Right. And there are tons of people out there with thousands and thousands of followers that just go, yay, every time they post and won't do anything else. Mm-hmm. 
I always <laughs> right. say it's better to have two people following you who will do things for you than to have Absolutely. a million who won't. Absolutely. Has this been helpful? Okay. This has been helpful, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. As scared as I am yeah. to do it, and I am scared, I will do it. All I right. will heed your advice, and I will do it. Well, I'm going to check back with you. Do you have any questions? No, I don't. Thank you so much for awesome. this opportunity. Good, Sabrina. I hope we stay in touch. We'll like to. Okay. Plan to. All right. Well, treat me okay. like one of those leads. I will do. All Thank right. you, Take Michelle. Bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it. In less than 15 minutes, Sabrina has a plan. Now, one thing that I didn't mention that's very, very crucial here, and it's the given that Sabrina has excellent performance. That's the only way people want to kick down doors for you or pass your resume along or associate your name with theirs. So it's very important that they know your work and know that it's good. All right. So what's coming up next is a replay of um, most of the webinar that I shared with the Women of Opera Network on power relationship building. What a coincidence that Sabrina had questions about this. You'll want to hear this. It's very good. Take notes. And if you need coaching, reach out to me. Send an email to coaching at lmichellesmith.com. That's either executive coaching for corporate types or business coaching for entrepreneurs. Why? Because I've lived it. And here we go. I am being interviewed by Jerry Sadler, who is the founder of Don't Retire, Rewire, again, for the Women's Opera Network. My welcome to everybody. Let me set the stage a little bit for what I think is going to be a very interesting and hopefully fun and exciting one hour. Uh, Laura Lee alluded to this, but I do want to say on today's call that we've got a broad range of attendees online, people who are working for our companies. We also have um, people who are from the theater world, others from areas um, in the related arts, many entrepreneurs who also support the field. And we get a sense that we're pretty intergenerational today. We hear that we've got people from millennials to baby boomers. So the reason I'm saying this is that as you listen to what Elle Michelle is saying in our dialogue, don't edit anything out. Just assume that even though you may not think it's exactly right for your area, listen up. Because my belief is you can massage these messages to really work for you. So let me just tease you a little bit about some goals that Elle Michelle and the OA team, what we worked on. We're going to talk a little bit about what is this networking in the 21st century? We also want to talk about how do you create professional relationships that support career growth, that really help you advance as a leader, or to really keep you going from the entrepreneurial side, both the entrepreneurial drive and the entrepreneurial spirit. Another goal is we want you to think about that word networking. It's a noun. Who's in your network? It's a verb. How good are you at networking? And it's also an adjective because you're going to discover that there are many networking opportunities out there. So we're taking on a big idea today. But our goal is to have you leave with some definite tips and tactics. And one of them is we want you to leave with an idea 
of how you are going to set up your own personal board of directors. You're going to have a better understanding of what we mean by that. And everything we're doing today is really to get you to what I'm going to call greater networking success and advancement in your careers, regardless of your titles, where you're working. And we're going to do this all in 45 minutes, because what we are going to do is to have our dialogue for 45 minutes, leave the last 15 minutes for Q&A. So this is my message to all of you. As we're going along, if an idea comes to you, please get it down, send it over to us so that at the very end, we can really, you know, answer and address the question for you. If there is a burning thing that you need clarified at the moment on something that we're saying, send it in and we'll try to address it right at that point. So we're off and running and let me begin. So I've got the fun job of asking Elle Michelle a series of questions. And I'm going to assume something and that is many of you out there today run the gamut when it comes to the idea of networking. Some of you love it. I bet some of you hate it. And some of you are probably, well, it's this thing that we, you know, we just have to do. So, Al Michelle, I'm going to start with one of those questions, which is, we've been told that we have to build relationships and networks. But how do you do that if you really are what I'm calling networking averse? Over to you in Dallas. Well, absolutely. I think first we need to reframe the idea of networking, what it is, so it's not so scary. Networking really is about building the kind of relationships that will fuel your career and your business. That's really all we're talking about. And know that relationships begin with a solid rapport. And a rapport is something that you can build within seconds. And many times a rapport can be built simply by a kind smile, a gesture, and extending yourself to someone else. Um, the first thing I want you to understand is that um, great relationship building really is about having a servant's heart. It's about understanding who the other party is, what their needs are, and having an agenda, having a real goal about what it is you want. So. Let's think of it in this way. I want you to think about building relationships that will build community, okay? And the reason why I say that is because I have a friend named Ted Rubin, who's the marketing guru. You can Google him. He's written a lot of books. He's with Brand Innovators. But he says that a network gives you reach and a community gives you power, which raises the question, what's the difference? A network really is about people that you are connected to. You may not know them that well, but you do have a connection to them. You can reach them, whether that's online or off, right? A community, however, are those people who have bought in on you and the idea of your work, and you have bought in on them. So that means that they will actually jump into action for you. Ah, now you're touching on a lot of things in answering that question. And I think sure. as we go along, we're going to break it down a little bit. When Absolutely. Back to the very beginning on the networking averse. You mm -hmm. and I were talking about something kind of in the pre-session that I just want you to touch on because it was very real for you. Sure. There is this misconception that only extroverts are going to do networking well. 
I bet you there are extroverts and introverts in our audience today. Can you begin to just pull that apart a little bit? In fact, there are people on this webcast right now who can claim to be both. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm actually on the Myers-Briggs. I have a high extroverted tendency, but I'm right on the line when it comes to introversion. And people are surprised by that because I'm, I'm an artist too. I sing, you know, I'm a public speaker, but when it's time to turn it off, I want to turn it off and go recharge my batteries. And that means that I want to be by myself. I don't want to be in a room with a whole bunch of people networking. No. Um, that being said, I've written about this um, extensively, being network averse, and I, I have a way of going about it that appeals to people who are either introverted or shy or just don't like the small talk and the superficialness that it may seem like it is. And I call it unnetworking. And the way to do it is, first of all, to establish a reputation for doing excellent, excellent work. Okay, now you're jumping ahead just a okay. little bit because <laughs> I, I want everybody, you know, re recognizing that we're taking on a lot of topics here. But my key thing was to let people know you do not have to be an extrovert. You can be a combo plan because yes. I'm pretty much the same way. I've got that extrovert and introvert. Yes. And even if you are totally an introvert, we hope that through what we're going to be talking about today is going to build people up to realize that they definitely can become good networkers, even if they're not the most extroverted person. So the key thing is to say we all have the capability to become good networkers. I think that's fair, right? Absolutely, it's good. fair. And I think reframing it as relationship building will bring a lot of these folks who are introverts into the fold. Great. Then let's go into this, the really kick this off now. What does it mean to network in the 21st century? Is it different? Is it, are there new things? What do we have to be aware of as we're thinking ahead to how's this going to help our career? Right. So I say the concept is the same. The tools that we use are different. So that means that now you can network offline that's been with us all of our lives and our days. But now we can network Fine. online too. Lock. Okay. Right. Offline meeting in real life. Mm -hmm. um, online meeting on social media, on the internet, um, with your devices. Um, it's important to do both. And the reason is because old networking meaning just offline, just in person is great. But many people, when they want to learn about you, they go online and what do they do? They Google you. They go to LinkedIn. They look you up. They plug in your name. And if you aren't found, it's like you don't exist. They go to the next person. They don't have all the information they need to make decisions. And you want to make sure that they do. Can we stop for a minute on this? Because I do hear people who are saying, I'm running so hard so fast both if I have my own company, whether you know I'm in an opera company, in the theatrical world, whatever, that they'll say, I don't really have the time to keep up the, you know, the online presence. But you're really stressing the importance here. Absolutely. I mean, okay. Absolutely. And you know, at this point, busy isn't an excuse. We're all busy. <laughs> We're okay. all juggling. Okay, so we can't use that as an excuse. However, there are some ways that you can manage your online presence in a way where it doesn't overtake you. And I think one of the things that people 
you know, are averse to is, gee, I don't want to create content. You know, they may see their other colleagues online and they're sharing content all the time and it may be original content. Myself, I have a podcast. I write for national publications. Other people have blogs. You don't have to do all that to get engaged on social media. And I like to raise LinkedIn as probably the most friendly algorithm of all the social networks because even if you just go and like, give a thumbs up to someone else's content, it shows up in your newsfeed and theirs too. It's one of the easiest ways to show people that you have endorsed content that is within your wheelhouse that may be useful to them without creating content. And there are other tips that I can give you for folks that don't want to go out there and start writing a bunch of things. Okay, I want to hear that because Elma Sheldon, everybody right now on this you know, webinar should really make sure they've got a strong LinkedIn profile, yes. correct? Yes, and absolutely. That and they I, would, I would go on to say that when you're looking at your profile, don't just put your job title in the headline. That real estate is there for you to show your value. Okay. So for instance, you know, my value proposition is that I help people and brands thrive and succeed at the intersection section of tech, culture, and business. Now, yours may not be that, you know, <laughs> involved. I did the work. I went through my story. I understand myself. I'm, I'm, I'm giving my value. But you may be a performer. And instead of just saying opera singer, <laughs> you might want to say something like, um, oh, um, um, award-winning performer in the opera arts or something like that. Something that actually shows your value beyond just your title. Okay. The goal, now, there are two questions. Should we take them now? Um, I, well, one of them is specific to this topic. And okay. the question was, uh, I'm interested in learning more about managing my online presence on a limited time schedule, okay. which El Michelle just started to mm -hmm. address a little of. And then the second one is, uh, I wonder if we can address the idea of authenticity. Uh -huh. To me, as an artist, so much of networking, social media, pressing the flesh, whatever, feels inauthentic and contrary to the work that I do in the rehearsal room and the way I live the rest of my life. Boy, do I ever love whoever sent that in, because we are going to address that later. But you yeah. know what? We can go ahead and talk about it now. Because sure. We're here to all learn and to share with each other. So that's, you know, this whole role of authenticity is very, what does it mean to be authentic? Um, and then I'm going to hook it into something that we're going to discuss. How do you stay authentic both on and offline? So I know that's kind of a big one, but can we break that down and really talk about how do you, how do you act authentic? Absolutely. Which one do you want me to tackle first? Whichever one's easier for you. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about what authenticity really is. I've done several master classes on it. I've written on it for Black Enterprise. But um, it's very important. The first step in being authentic is knowing who you are. And what I mean by that is not just saying, oh, you know, I run an opera company. It really is going back to the most significant moments in your life and understanding what makes you you. The other part of authenticity is understanding the rooms that you're entering. 
and understanding other people. We're talking about EQ. You've heard the, the term emotional intelligence quotient. That's what we're talking about here. So when you know your story, when woman, you know thyself, right? You're able to bring yourself into rooms and online in an authentic way. I challenge you to understand what your value is. And that's where I get back to my value proposition. There's a whole other <laughs> webinar we can do on finding out what your value proposition is. But as you are posting online, making sure that, and I'm going to simplify this for you, your brand is like a basket, okay? Think about your brand, which is your intentional um, actions that you put out there, not your reputation. That's what people think of you and say when you leave the room. You can impact your reputation with your brand, okay? So in your basket, you might have some things already that make you you, okay? In your basket is your personality, your work style, your culture, um, you name it, um, your faith, if you have it, it's all in the basket. But you can add things to the basket, right? For me, based on my story, technology's in the basket, culture's in the basket, and business is in the basket when it comes to entrepreneurship and being a corporate executive. I make sure that everything that I post is within that basket. Does that make sense? Sure. So if you see something that I posted, it's going to be at the intersection of all three, or it's going to be at least one of those. Can I ask you then, because this question that comes up, if somebody was not authentic, mm -hmm. because obviously if this is a concern, give me an example or give us an example of the flip side. When somebody is in there, that's not authentic. They're fakes. Absolutely. Well, there are several ways to be fake. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. If you're not being authentic, you're being fake. That's what we call it. Um, I had a conversation with a New York dermatologist the other day, and we talked about this on the, the Culture Soup podcast, where there are literally doctors out there that are credentialed as MDs. However, they're going into business in areas where they don't specialize. Okay. Or on their resume, they may have Harvard, right? Okay. But when you peel back the onion, you learn they went to a one-day seminar at Harvard. They did not get their degree there. So there's misrepresentation in one way. The other way is just taking on a voice or a persona that isn't authentic to you offline. One way to make sure that you are as authentic online as you are offline is to make sure that you concentrate on the experiences that you have with people offline and then literally use social media to amplify that. So okay. if you aren't doing something offline, a great example, some of these influencers that you see on Instagram or Facebook, you might see them frolicking, you know, and they're, they're all made up, you know, like a model doing whatever they do. And this is fine for influencers. We're, we're business women, right? So we have to be a little bit more authentic. But I always say, if you take a picture of something that you're doing that you wouldn't necessarily do offline, it's not authentic. Right. So if you're going to, say, use Instagram, you should have pictures of you doing what people know you to do. So I'm a speaker, I'm a writer, and let's see, I have a podcast. So if you go to my Instagram right now, you're going to find those three things, <laughs> me in action, and you may see pictures of me as a mom. Okay. 
Okay. So this, all right. So hopefully that, you know, it's all the pieces. And I think it's a challenge for each of us then to sit down and say, really, am I being authentic in everything I do? And even in the words that I'm using and saying, I thank you that because it also leads into, and when you first started to address all this, you use the words, not only building um, relationships and networking, but you also talked about the word community. Yes. We then say the reason we're trying to be authentic and doing all the things right is our goal is to really build relationships and communities that are going to get us ahead. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. So building the relationship and net or what comes first, the networking, then building the relationship, then having the community. Sure. So I described it yesterday to you like a funnel or an upside down triangle. Okay where the broader part of it is the whole arena or array of people that you know, right? As you drill down, you get to community. Those are the people that you actually know and they actually know you. They know your work. They know that you're excellent. They will put in a good word for you and you don't mind doing something for them. And if you drill down even more to the bottom of that funnel, you get to those people who are part of your board of directors. And you mentioned this before. Right. People call it the kitchen cabinet. <laughs> um, people, right. People say, you know, these are the people who are, this is your tribe, okay? So who's in the board of directors? We've got mentors, we've got sponsors, we've got peers, and we've got people who I say are either more junior than you or they're younger than you are. Okay. So you've got your air cover and your ground cover. Right. This is, this is very big because I think when people think about networking in the past, you're right, the one-on-one and then all of a sudden the social media, you know, coming in and then changing this. And the funnel is a, is a very big idea, I believe. And each one of these elements have to be treated um, specifically. Yes. And before you even get to that, I want to come back to it so that people can really imagine and even sketching out what's this funnel and who is Al Michelle and Jerry putting into it. I want to talk about that. You, you and I decided that we would fo- focus in on really five areas. We've touched on some of them. Yes. But before we even think about getting out there, whether it's live, online, the first topic that you and I said flat out is that you have to be able to deliver the goods. And our word for it was performance excellence. It's about your work. Define this performance excellence and why it is like the baseline. It's the most critical thing for networking, regardless if you're talking to a mentor or whomever. Absolutely. So performance excellence is rule number one for not just what I call unnetworking. <laughs> it's the rule for networking. It's the rule for being your authentic self when you bring yourself into rooms. The key is that you have to kill it every time. That's going to be a part of your brand. It's going to be a part of your reputation. We want to get performance out of the way so that when you come into a room and you meet someone new, the buzz about you has to be good. If there is any idea about your work, that will color what happens with you in that relationship. So you need to make sure that your performance 
is top notch. Get that out of the way. So it's not even a question. And that enables not just the network, that, that top layer of folks that kind of don't know you that well, but they're connected. That influences them to maybe want to become a part of the community. And if you're really, really good, they end up being a part of your personal board of directors. Okay. So now I want to go back on this performance, um, all of this, that we need to recognize that it's our work that is going to get somebody to say, I want, you know, El Michelle on my team. I want Laura Lee on my team. Absolutely. And I think that oftentimes people don't realize, they just think the networking, you're going to get together. But you've already alluded to, you got to be able to deliver the goods. Absolutely. you got to slay, it every, slay right. it every day. As right. You slay every day. Right. Um, it's really important because when you're networking with people, this really is a very superficial first meeting rapport building. You have about eight seconds, 10 seconds to build that rapport with a nice smile and extending yourself to that other person. What makes them stick? That's the question. Now, it can either be that they've heard about you and your great work, that can make them stick, or you extend yourself to them instead of asking for something right away. And that means that you have to do your homework first. Okay, now you've touched on, you know, a variety of things here too. So it's like we've got this performance uh, that we've got our work. We know we're good. We're going into an environment. We're meeting somebody. And talk about what you and I were saying on that word that you've got to be attractive. Yes. We're not talking about physical. We're right. talking about really our work is good and our reputation has come before us. Yes. This reputation, how does that really get built in the right way that we can take advantage of it for networking? Let me tell you a story. Um, I think one of the best ways to demonstrate this is to tell a story. Um, in the article that I shared with you around unnetworking and where these tips are coming from, I tell the story of how a chief of staff at the Fortune 9 where I worked, AT&T, was looking to bring in someone to talk on this very topic to an officer's mentoring circle. And she did her due diligence. So she went to a business unit, um, happened to be HRD&I, which is diversity and inclusion, and asked them, who do you recommend? And three people came back and said, El Michelle Smith, you need to talk to her. Now, I don't know that this conversation is going on. Okay, I have no clue this is going on until afterwards. The next thing that happens is the chief of staff takes my name and starts Googling me online. So she's Googling and she's like, oh, well, there's her LinkedIn. Oh, she's done a lot. Oh, well, she's written about this. Okay, so she gathers all that information, goes back to the officer and says, you know what? I went to our HRD and I asked them for a speaker. I Googled this person and here she is. And the officer said, oh, you don't know El Michelle? You haven't heard her speak? Ah. Right. And so this officer says to her, yeah, by all means, bring her on. I've heard her. I've been in meetings with her. Her work is good. Okay. So needless to say that chief of staff calls me and I end up in a mentoring circle. Okay. So this is the attraction that we're talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm. It means that your work has gone before you. And your work can kick down doors in ways that you can't even do on your own sometimes. I want everybody listening to really think about this. And I thank you for taking us through 
what truly, you know, it is your story and how it happened. Because I know that everybody on the phone is successful in the work that they are doing mm-hmm. um, and, and getting it out there. And I think this is a part of it, too, that I've seen just a little bit with women. We don't know always how to get it out there. Sometimes I hear, oh, I don't want to toot my own horn. Well, my belief is if you don't, I'm not sure if somebody else is. Right. So you have done a lot of this also by what you said is the power of using social media and writing and and using your time because it sounds like you don't have that much time, but you're using your content and your delivery well. And it's resulting in a good reputation. Right. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. You talked about the difference between 21st century networking and what used to be. And we said the primary difference is that you have this online presence in addition to your offline presence. It's so important that you prioritize this now because it used to be you could kind of let it sit there and it was okay. I'll, I'll give you some examples of my corporate colleagues that, you know, pretty, pretty comfy. You know, they've been in a company for about 20 years. No need to look for a job, they don't think. So why have a LinkedIn pro- uh, profile? You know, I'm getting paid every two weeks and I'm not bonus coming in. What am I worried about? Well, the stats are showing now that companies are only going to keep you between three and five years. So whether you're deciding that I want to try something different outside of the walls of whatever I'm doing, go to another company, you know, go to another part of the country and and move with my family because, gee, I want to grow in this market. Having an online presence and prioritizing your online networking as well as your offline networking can pave the way for these types of decisions. So I spend a lot of time talking about owning your career, your journey, and your brand so you can create choices. And what that, that, that story I just told you is an example of a choice that I created. Right. And that may seem counterintuitive because I wasn't in the room. But at the end of the day, if you take your performance so very, um, you know, you take it so very seriously and you merchandise in a very, very tasteful way, people remember you and they will call you. Good. And I, I like the way you said the tasteful. We always know when we're going over, you know, the yes. line. Yes. Do you have a comment? Let's take that. Yeah. Uh, this was actually from earlier, but you reiterated it again from, uh, from, from Carla Chambers. She said, I can vouch. For what El Michelle said about LinkedIn, I have grown my network exponentially based on one relationship I made on LinkedIn. Okay. I love it. I yeah. love it. Good for I'm, you. Yeah. I'm going to throw something out there too. Do you think that executive recruiters today and headhunters, do they use LinkedIn a lot? Oh, not only do they have premium badges, have, have you seen the little gold in on yep. someone's profile? Yeah. But many of these executive recruiters have major accounts with LinkedIn. They can see things that we can't see. <laughs> they right. can get to people in ways that we can't just as, as normal LinkedIn. Now, I'm a premium user. <laughs> right. Those of us that are very serious about it are premium users. Yeah. And I'm a business owner. In the past, I've used it to recruit myself. I've used it to make deals. So LinkedIn can be very deceiving to some. I say there are two camps, okay? Mm-hmm. There are camps that the one camp, my tribe, my tribe is very active on, on LinkedIn. 
We get it. We've been on there since 2007. When they added the updates, we've been updating ever since. But the other camp, they're sitting there and they have a LinkedIn profile. They filled in some of the resume items and they're just sitting there and they're watching the other tribe post all this stuff and they're going, oh, they're doing just too much. Like, why, yeah. why is she talking to the camera? Like, yeah. what, what is she posting about? She's a thought leader? Like, and there's this judgment that happens when, I hate to say it, this group is getting left behind. Mm-hmm. And the tribe is over here trying to bring people along. And that's what I'm on this, this webinar with you today, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. No, this, this is great. And, you know, we all think about it, and that's why we want to What an amazing conversation with the Women's Opera Network webinar recently with Jerry Sadler. Listen, if you want to watch the replay, you can go to my website, elmichellesmith.com, to the main page, and there's an icon that says Power Relationship Building, and it's on demand, so look for it there. Also, don't forget the Coach and Go Live session here in DFW. Only 10 people can be involved. You can also go online or go on Facebook events or Eventbrite. And look for it as on executive presence. Hey, y'all, we'll be back on Thursday. We have Patrick Riley, former Oprah TV producer, producer for Wendy Williams, and an active LGBTQ member in the push for equality, especially in pop culture. We look forward to having you in just a few days. Find us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at theculturesoup, and of course, you can find us on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. For coaching, be sure to drop me an email at coaching at lmichellesmith.com. Talk to you on Thursday. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Silos Communication.